This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio, at least until 4.30 today, because the NBA play in season play-in tournament, that's going to have their final four tonight in Las Vegas. It is Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Like we mentioned, the in-season tournament semifinals in NBA, their version of an in-season Final Four. Cards begins at 4.30 Eastern time right after we're done on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Game when the Milwaukee Bucks take on the Indiana Pacers. Game two, the New Orleans Pelicans take on the Los Angeles Lakers. And our man PJ Carlissimo, he'll be part of the broadcast of Marquette as an ESPN radio great NBA team. And PJ joins us here on Freddie and Harry. PJ, I'm going to start with game number two. You got the Lakers and apparently a guy who's never going to get older, LeBron James, still playing at a high level, along with Anthony Davis. But Zion Williams and Brandon Ingram, they've been a fierce one-two punch. If that's not the most important important factor who wins that matchup, what is the most important factor to you in that matchup tonight in the NBA in-season tournament Final Four? Well, I'll tell you, Freddie, I, I think the Lakers figured out this format uh, ahead of some other teams. It was interesting. We talked to Damian Lillard yesterday. He said that you know he, he likes the in-season tournament a lot. But mm-hmm. one of the things he said, he said, you know, I think if we started all over again, there's a couple teams that maybe didn't realize those first two games. You know, like when it was the first game of four? Right. They, they might not have realized how important it was. And the Lakers, even though they were in and out and they were up and down a little bit early, if you go back and look at the four games they played here, they knew. You know, those guys have been around the block. They said, hey, we got to win these games. we got to win this uh, group so we get to Las Vegas. And I think they focused in earlier and better than a lot of other teams. Now, New Orleans also did a really good job. Uh, when, when Braun and A.D. play, uh, the Lakers can play with anybody. Uh, D'Lo's having a, a much better year. Um, they just don't shoot the three well, and I really think that's going to bite them, you know, oftentimes in games because it's a lot to overcome um, three-point shooting. They don't shoot many. They don't shoot well. Um, so, you know, it, it's on them to defend the three really well because they can just dig themselves a big deficit at the three-point line. Brandon Ingram played, to me, one of his best games. I mean, Brandon Ingram, in one sense, I'm a huge fan because he's so talented and he play, he's played so well. But it's been a problem because he hasn't been very healthy. He, there would be more attention paid to that, except that he's with Zion. So next to Zion, it looks like he is healthy. But B.I.'s missed a lot of games over the years. And it, it's hard to, you know, when one of or your best player, you, you can't count on him being there on a regular basis. That, that can be a little bit of a challenge. And, you know, to a much lesser degree, that's the Anthony Davis uh, conundrum compared to LeBron. I mean, you just know LeBron's going to be there mm-hmm. night in and night out, especially the big games. He's going to play the huge minutes. You can knock him down and hurt him. He's just going to get up and continue to play. Uh, when you have a warrior like that, um, and it's your best guy, that's a tremendous asset. The biggest problem Willie Green has had is getting this group healthy and getting them out there. CJ has been a fantastic addition to the team. I don't think he's quite you know, 100% yet in terms of basketball shape and playing. But coming back from that collapsed lung, I think he's made a difference. Um, I think that could be a very entertaining game, uh, our second game. Coach, what are you looking forward to seeing when it comes to Zion Williamson and also Anthony Davis as those two go up against each other? Um, you know, Harry, I, it's Zion is just is basically uh, – 
unlike anybody else in the league. The, the combination of strength. He reminds me a little bit of Charles. From the beginning, mm-hmm. I, I, I yep. saw Charles. Charles he's, he's quicker than Charles. Yep. Um, but when you look at him, I mean, it's like the same way I felt when the first time I saw a 747. I said, that thing's not getting off the ground. Uh, <laughs> and it does. Uh, and Zion does. And he gets off the ground quick. Uh, it's unbelievable. But when you look at him, you just say, no, he can't do those things he's doing. So I, I just love watching him play. I, I don't think there's a, a heck of a lot you can do with him, to be honest with you, because he can get point to point. You know, the, the really good scores, the really good players in the league, can get where they want to get. I, I don't care, you know, who the defender is, and he just presents too big a combination. You'd like to have length against him, against him, but you also need quickness. You also need strength. Well, guess what? You, then you're talking like a handful of guys in the whole league that can can even do anything. And and Bron is is the same. Yeah. You talk about getting point to point. Uh, a when he gets going good. Sometimes you can tell before he even crosses half court. Say just get out of the way. He's going all the way to the rim this time. And there's nothing you can do. Uh, and he's, he, you know, to me, he's attacking the rim a little bit better this year. Maybe a little bit more often. Uh, you know, not not settling for uh, quite as many threes. He makes threes. He's also going to make big threes. But, but both of them, to me, it, it, it's. You know, you always the cliche the coaches always use is uh, all you can do against the great players is make them work. I, I don't even know if you can make these two guys work. It's like I hope he has an off night. Like I hope he misses some shots or we get him to the free throw line. He's not, you know, he's, he's not shooting anything close to 80 percent. He's shooting down at 70 or whatever. So that's better. Sometimes you just shake your head going, we're really not, you know, in control of the situation at all. We just hope this guy misses some shots. And I, I think you can say that about both of them. Uh, and, you know, I don't. I hesitate to put anybody in LeBron's company. But Zion, when he's healthy, is just a bear. And there's, I've, I've not seen anybody be able to do anything with him. But B.I. was the key the other night. Brandon Ingram was just incredible, I thought, the other night. Uh, that was maybe as, as well as I've seen him play in a long time. The great P.J. Carlissimo, ESPN Radio, NBA analyst, will be part of the call tonight for not one but two NBA entities and tournament semifinal games. Bucks taking on the Pacers in Game 1, and also the Pelicans and Lakers in Game 2. Joining us here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, you mentioned LeBron James. P.J., here's why I've given up on LeBron James. I've given up trying to say that cliff is going to happen. He's going to fall right off it. I've completely given up on that. <laughs> this guy played 40 minutes the other night and was still the best player on the floor in a game that involved him. Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker. I've said for the longest time, PJ, he is the greatest athlete that's ever played in the NBA. What are you seeing how he's still playing like this? And 40 years of age is next year for LeBron James. Well, I, I just I hope the younger players, and, and forget the younger players because everybody in the league is younger, but <laughs> I, 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 especially the younger guys coming into the league, appreciate what he does taking care of his body what he does in terms of his nutrition in terms of his weight training in terms of his off season the fact that he keeps his body in you know elite shape and kobe i remember and i forget which olympics it was i don't know if it was 08 or 12 it might even been 04 i can't i don't know if he played in 04 but um at at the uh the team was practicing in las vegas and it was when he was with uh, tim gover and He'd get up, like, I don't know, if it was practice at 9 o'clock or something like that, Kobe would be up at 6 and he'd do his uh, workout. Like, I mean, a major league workout down in the strength room. He'd come back into the breakfast room and he'd be sweating, like, incredibly. And the other players had just rolled out of bed and they'd be, like, looking at him going, oh, 
you know, maybe that's what you have to do to, to be as good as he is <laughs> and to be able to play as, as well as he does. And it really impacted. And this was the Olympic team. This was, the you know, the U.S. senior national team right. with a lot of the elite players in the league. And even some of them were going, wow, you know, like I thought I worked hard. I don't work hard. I don't work hard compared to this. And it's, so it's not an accident that Braun is still playing at the level he's playing at the age he's at. And it wasn't an accident that Kobe was able to play as long and as well as he played. So uh, I, I just hope that the younger guys take that from them. It's, it's not an accident. We're, is that two of the most gifted athletes we've ever had in the league? Without question. There's no question about that. But what they did with their ability, LeBron and Kobe, uh, most other guys just don't do that. You know, there's nobody in this league that doesn't have ability. Maybe they had it better than as well as, as or better than anybody else. But they outworked everybody else. MJ Coach. did the same thing. I mean, it's Harry. It was it, it's unbelievable. I just loved watching those guys, uh, and I love watching them play at a you know an advanced age and just like schooling the young guys. I know that's right, Coach. But we got another uh, phenomenal matchup between the Indiana Pacers and the Milwaukee Bucks. And what Damian Lillard and you know Giannis Antetokounmpo have been able to do this season is phenomenal. I love the way those two guys pair up with one another. But you look at the Pacers and Tyrese Halliburton and what he's been able to do. What's the most important thing that you're looking forward to in that matchup between those two teams? Well, you're going to kind of laugh at me because I'm going to say if one of them would play a little bit of defense. Uh, Good luck. Defense, I'm not saying it's <laughs> optional, but it's not real high on either of their priorities. Well, Coach, you took the next question right out of our mouth. So go ahead and speak on it, Coach. <laughs> the, the, the problem is both these teams exert so much energy on the offensive end. Uh, Indiana particularly getting up and down the floor. Indiana plays at a faster pace. Nobody takes more shots than they do. Um, they're, th- they take, uh, they're both top ten. I think they're both top seven, actually, mm-hmm. in three-point attempts, three-point makes, and three-point percentage. So there's going to be a ton of threes in the first game. There are not going to be too many in the second game. But they get it up and down the floor. I'm president of the fan club of how dumb I was because I didn't realize how smart, how good, excuse me, Tyrese Halliburton is. He's ridiculous. He's not a little better than I thought he was. He's a lot better than I thought he was. And I thought he was very good. He's way better than that. Uh, It's unbelievable what he's doing. Uh, I mean, considering he leads in assists, the way he shoots threes, the way he gets up and down the floor, how hard he works. Uh, and he's just a delightful young guy. I mean, I was talking to the, a lot of the Pacer uh, assistants, and they're just saying, hey, uh, Jimmy Boylan likened him to Tim Duncan, which a lot of people wow. didn't realize just how good a, a person and a guy to, you know, that was good to be around Tim Duncan was, in addition to being you know, arguably one of the best five players maybe or ten players in the history of the game. He said Tyrese is the same way. Jimmy was in San Antonio. He said, this, he's the same way. This guy, you coach him, and he goes, yes, sir. He goes, you know, I did that wrong, whatever. He's accepting of coaching, teaching, you know, as long as you're telling him something legit. He works hard, and, and he loves him, and he said he's a great teammate, which I always thought was one of Timmy's best characteristics. He's as good a teammate as anybody that I was ever lucky to, to, work, uh, to work with. And uh, the, the team is just so, uh, you know, Ben Mather and I love, he's one mm-hmm. of our NBA Academy guys. He's played so well. This young team, the, the additions, Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin have made a big difference. Um, you know, I mean, they basically, you know, kept the team pretty much intact except for those two guys. I mean, there's continuity there. Rick Carlisle's his third year. They only had Tyrese for a chunk of that first year. But, I mean, it's like Tyrese is taking like, you know, what's that game we used to play? 
Fitzy, I can't, uh, I, I can't even remember, Freddie. Uh, you take a step forward. Can I, can I take a giant step or a little oh, step? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I know he, he's taking yeah. giant steps every year. <laughs> yeah. like he, from where he was two years ago, and he was still very good, he's not asking anybody what steps he can take. He's taking giant steps, and he's taking more giant steps this year. He's playing so well. I think this is going to be great for him. Uh, you know, watching uh, Mike and Doc and Doris talk about him in the first game and, you know, if, if they're lucky enough to advance. But I think, you know, we haven't had Indiana on a lot. They're not on national TV a lot. Right. Somebody told me it was the first time. I can't, I, I can't believe that. But uh, it, it's going to be unbelievable uh, when people get a look at Tyrese Halliburton and go, wow, I didn't know he was, uh, he was this good. But if you like offense, you're going to love the first game. It's going <laughs> up and down the floor. Um, you know, how, how do you stop? How do you stop Dame? How do you stop Giannis? How do you stop Tyrese? You don't. You know, we talked before about uh, Bron and, and AD and, and those guys. Well, there's nothing you can do against uh, talents like that. And these guys are going to put the points up. I just hope it's as, as entertaining as I'm uh, counting on it being. And it's going to be really interesting to see the difference in the two games. And regardless of which team comes out of either game, you're going to have a little bit of a contrast game on Saturday also. Um, you know, not that they, they don't guard at all, but, I mean, you've got two teams absolutely focused on offense, uh, and you've got two other teams that are more of combination, more, more traditional old-school uh, basketball teams. Yeah, no doubt about that. By the way, the game we used to play as kids called Red Light, Green Light. It's been more green light for Tyrese Halliburton than the red light because he is hard to stop in that offense with Indiana hey, Pacers. Hey, <laughs> Look, y'all confused me. I was about to say hopscotch. No, no that's not hopscotch. That's hopping to different spots. It was called Red Light, Green Light when we were growing up in the neighborhoods of New York where Freddie Coleman and P.J. Carlisle are from. He's going to be part of the coverage tonight. Doubleheader NBA NC in-season tournament semifinals Pacers Bucks in game one Lakers and Pelicans at game two PJ Carlismo ESPN radio analyst and also stoplight red light green light aficionado <laughs> joining us here on Freddie and Harry great stuff PJ man always great to catch up with you enjoy the game tonight as well and thank you so Freddie, much Freddie you know that Harry good being with you have yeah, a good day no Thanks, doubt coach. about that PJ Carlismo ESPN radio NBA analyst on Freddie and Harry and ESPN radio presented by Progressive Insurance you can say when you bundle motorcycle RV and boat insurance and red light green lights do not need to apply visit Progressive.com. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. NBA's in-season tournament on ESPN Radio. The semifinals tip off today at 5 Eastern with the Pacers and Bucks, followed by the Pelicans and Lakers. Then on Saturday, the finals tip off at 8.30 Eastern. The NBA in-season tournament, live from Las Vegas on ESPN Radio, presented by Toyota. 
And that happens after we're done here on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And I always tell you, smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. But there is an NFL game to kick off Check Yourself Weekend in the NFL. And believe me, if anybody needs to check themselves, it is a Pittsburgh Steelers team at 7-5 and five, right now in the top seven. They are the fifth seed in the AFC in that playoff race. I'm not making this up. The Pittsburgh Steelers are about to start. Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback <laughs> because Kenny Pickett more than likely out for the rest of the regular season, suffering that ankle injury last week in the Los Arizona Cardinals. They take on a 2-10 and 10 Patriots team. The over-under line in this game, Harry Douglas, is 30-and-a-half points. Even Las Vegas is not expecting any kind of scoring, even though they have the Steelers favored by 5-and-a-half against a Patriots team that has been horror-awful, Shaquille O'Neal's words, all season long. I am interested to see which one of these teams, if any, are going to be be able to score more than 17 points because mm. neither one of them the last three weeks have been able to do that. And when you look at – I'm trying to think here. Okay. The New England Patriots the last four games, right? Yep. They lost to the Chargers 6 to nothing. Yep. They lost to the Giants 10-7. to uh-huh. They lost to the Colts 10-6. to uh-huh. And they lost to the Washington Commanders 20-17. to mm-hmm. Yeah. My goodness. Mm-hmm. That is some awful offensive football. <laughs> it, it really is. And when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, Kenny Pickett getting hurt last weekend, and I watched a lot of their film of their game, their game last week, and me and Orlowski was talking about this earlier during our commercial breaks. I, I just don't think Kenny Pickett, from a quarterback perspective, is seeing things in the correct manner why he's back there at the quarterback position. So because, why is he not seeing things? Well, I, I don't know because – they had a first and goal situation, I think, at the seven-yard line last week. And the drive ended up getting stopped, turnover on downs. But on third down, you have Calvin Austin come in motion from the right side of the formation to the left side. And he goes into the flat. And he's wide open. I mean wide open, Freddie, for a touchdown. Kenny Pickett never even looks at him. So and I'm saying in my head, well, my goodness, they put him in motion. They put him in motion for a reason. And then they also had like a second and five situation where, you know, Najee Harris is right there in the flat to the right side for the yeah. check down and the drive can be extended. He tries to scramble, doesn't, doesn't pick it up. And then the very next play, a bad snap. And now they got a punt. So it's little things like that. And then when you look at Mitch Trubisky, he comes into the game, he fumbles the football. <laughs> like, so I think for Pittsburgh being at that five spot right now, when it comes to the playoffs, you have no business losing this football game. But then I say that, Freddie, exactly. and I think about all the craziness that, ha- that that's happened mm-hmm. in the National Football League over the years mm-hmm. with opponents who most likely we think should get beaten, mm-hmm. and they find a way to actually win games. But mm-hmm. if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you cannot allow, Amen. you cannot afford to lose a game tonight to the New England Patriots who have two wins right now. You have no business, like you're saying, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. To lose to a team with a quarterback is Bailey Zappi on the other side. You can yeah, you can lose that game in college if you're Army football and Bailey Zappi's playing with somebody else. If you're a Steelers team that right now owns all the tiebreakers over the Cleveland Browns, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Houston Texans in that wild card race, you cannot afford you you have no business losing this game. I don't care if anybody's playing quarterback. The Patriots are a team that it looks like they don't even want to be out there. And I know if I'm playing defense with the Patriots, I wouldn't want to be out there. I'm thinking, you mean we only give us six points? You guys couldn't score now one point? We only give a ten points to another team? You couldn't get two touchdowns or a, a, a two field goals and a touchdown? So believe me, there's no finger pointing, but I guarantee there's some stink eye from the defensive side of the New England Patriots with an offense they can't score. 
all these things, and playing at home if you're Pittsburgh. All this is a setup if you allow it to be a setup. Because even though you're seven and five and the Patriots are two and ten, you are not that much better than the New England Patriots. But you better not lose this damn football game because if you believe you can be a quote unquote playoff team, playoff teams do not lose the teams in back to back weeks that had two wins coming in and have three wins going out. I'm gonna take it a step further. When you look at everyone that's left on the Pittsburgh Steelers schedule, next week you have the Colts. Well, they're fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. They want to make the playoffs. You look at the Cincinnati Bengals. They're trying to as well. You look at the Seattle Seahawks, they want to stay in playoff contention. You look at the Baltimore Ravens, they want the number one seed. Mm -hmm. So you can not afford to lose this game on Thursday night football. Against a hapless Patriots team, which has all the makings of a game that should be low scoring, but may want to be like 31-28 that nobody saw that coming (laughs) involving both of these teams. Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Each and every night, we always give you a little bit of the news. It could be sports news. It could be different sports news. It could be non-sports news, but it's always... They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. There's a new $600 million man in sports, and his name is not Shohei Atani about to get his next contract. It is John Rahm, the golfer, former number one player who is leaving the PGA Tour for Live Golf, expected to be worth the new deal between $450 million and $600 million, and that could be finalized as early as this week, Harry. There are transfer portals, and then there's this. Regarding John Rahm leaving the PJ Tour for potentially six hundred million dollars to be a part of the Live Golf Tour. Now, not that it matters because six hundred million dollars is six hundred million million dollars. I wonder how many years it's going to be for. Three. Oh Lord, <laughs> two hundred million a year. Mm-hmm. Boy, let me get go home and get little Princey. Boy, I got you some golf clubs. <laughs> my lamb. <laughs> I have a question. Ain't that sure. what the grandma said? Oh, my lamb. Oh, my Lord. I thought the PGA Tour and Liv were supposed to be merging. Yes. Now, so they just Dev, took the I'm number the one la- golfer? I'm the last person to ask, Dale. Yeah. Put it this way. They said even if a merger goes through, Greg Norman, who is the CEO of Liv Golf, said that both of these groups will still operate independent of each other. So in other words, not a damn thing is changing. Man. Mm-hmm. $600 million. Dale, what you going to do with $600 million? Tell me right now. Tell that people. What you going to do with $600 million, Dale? I'm taking all of us out for a nice, nice vacation. Oh, man. Tell me where I, you want to go. I got to explain this to my wife. Honey, Brother Dale said he won't take us all for three weeks. Well, well put it on this vacation. way. I know one person that won't be going. It'll be Mr. Douglas. Because <laughs> Mrs. Douglas, you are not leaving me here for three weeks with the kids. No, no, no. Wives can come, too. I don't think Harry wants his wife to go. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no. Because I, I invite my wife on, on oh, every good. trip I go on. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, but she, my wife, she knows uh-huh. how crazy I am, so she, most of the time she doesn't want to go. If anything, she might she, say, yeah, you and the kids go and leave me home. She's like, this is my time for peace. <laughs> she calls me her third child. I'm the third child in the house. Now, the question is, are you the eldest, the middle, or the youngest? That middle child. The middle, oh, boy. Wow. You're not even the oldest or the youngest. Well, technically, I'm the fourth child because my nephew lives with us. Okay. So so you, are you moving further down the totem pole when it comes to the children <laughs> in the household? Is that what we're doing? No, she expects more out of me. <laughs> <laughs> she expects more out of me. Foolish, foolish woman expecting more out of you. <laughs> 
she she asked me probably twice a day. At what point am I going to grow up? <laughs> and the answer is still no. Never. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not happening. We will have a full show tomorrow to get you ready for the NFL weekend that we're calling Check Yourself Weekend. We're going to have a full show tomorrow when it comes to Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Duggs. I'm Freddie Coleman. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio.